Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the show, Ridiculous Historians. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. Like we said in a previous episode, we're spending a little time in Wyoming. Uh, This is part two of our Tales from Wyoming. It has nothing to do with Big Nose George, but Noel, this does have a, a little bit of a connection to a previous episode we did. Wyoming, where the sheriffs wear human leather shoes, where there are failed states and blah. That's all I got. Uh, yeah, failed states. That's a thing, right? Um, no in history. On the shoes. Boom, no nipples. No, there are no nipples on the shoes. Um, yeah, it's, it's not only reserved for like, you know, banana republics or uh, places outside of the United States. Uh, there are, in fact, failed states within the United States. And that's what we're talking about today. Uh, portions of Wyoming, Montana and South Dakota back in 1939 tried to secede from the Union and form their own state, which they called Absorca which sounds like uh, something out of like a science fiction novel or like a like a Dune series. Uh, but it, it was, in fact, named after the Absorca mountain range uh, in the Rockies. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, and by the way, I'm Ben. Shout out to our super producer, Casey Pegram, and our guest producer, Andrew Howard, uh, neither of whom I believe have been to Absorca. But guys, uh, set us straight if that's an incorrect Please. assumption. I'm Noel, by the way, uh, if I didn't make that clear from the jump. Um, and yeah, I mean, Absorca, the, you know, the state uh, or the whatever you want to call it, never actually came into to being. So I guess you can mm-hmm. really, yeah, you still call it a failed state. They did have license plates, though. I bet those are uh, collector's items. Oh, yeah. And the previous episode we did back in, get this, 2018, uh, it was called The United States That Never Were. We had a uh, We had a special guest. On uh, and we talked a little bit. It was kind of a laundry. Who was list. the guest? Uh, it was my old man. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the colonel who says hi to everyone. By the way, ah, uh, hello. So he took us on a journey through a number of different states uh, or proposed states in the U.S. And today we want to do a deep dive on Absorca. Absorca. Is is so fascinating to me. So it's the the mountain range and the state were named after the Absorca Indians, or the mountain range is named after the Absorca community. The name itself comes from the Hidatsa name for the Crow people, and it means children of the large beaked bird. So that's that's the etymology. You guys know we love etymology here. Yeah, and it's also is what kind of gives it a little bit of a parallel flavor with Big Nose uh, George. 
Yes. The large beaked bird. Yeah. yeah. Hey, good call. I did not think yeah. about that part. Uh, yeah, Absorca may sound obscure nowadays, but back in their glory days when they were trying to make a state called Absorca, they did a lot of stuff. They had license plates. They even held a beauty pageant, Miss Absorca, in 1939. Uh, today, we're going we're gonna to explore a little bit about how this came to form and uh, why it is not a state or a star on the U.S. flag today. This story had a kind of main character. That would be Street Commissioner A.R. Swickard. He is the guy who declared himself at one point governor of Absorca and began taking in grievances, like hearing complaints from the locals. So how did we get here? Well, to answer that question, we have to go back to the American West in the 1930s. The fences that theoretically formed state borders had, had been pretty finalized by this point. There were outliers, Alaska and Hawaii, of course. Uh, Alaska had been a Russian colony for a while. And Hawaii was the outlier uh, because it was its own independent kingdom. If you'd like to learn more about that, please do check out an excellent episode of Stuff They Don't Want You to Know. Why are we saying it's excellent? Are we kissing our own butts? Absolutely not. That episode was hosted by Codename Doc Holiday, our producer, and Dana Schwartz from Noble Blood. I thought it was fantastic, so please give it a listen. And in 1959, Alaska and Hawaii, as we all know, they became the 49th and 50th states. There hasn't been a 51st yet. But just 20 years before then, there was this real secessionist movement in Sheridan, Wyoming. And these people, like you just said earlier, Noel, these people wanted to make a new state. And they wanted it to be Absorca. It would have been the 49th state if, if everything worked out the way they had hoped. Yes, that's right. There's a pretty visceral image in an article on drakemag.com um, describing the formation of Absorca as having been cut from the guts of northern Wyoming, southern Montana, and western South Dakota. I mean, there's really no other way to read that than in that, like, you know, hardcore Mad Maxi kind of voice, cut from the guts. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, uh, you know, there was a part of Wyoming that was uh, largely Democratic, the southern half, and there was a sense that that part was not playing nice with the rest of the state. Uh, therefore, a secessionist movement um, was launched by the northern portion of the state, which was made up of Republicans. In 1939, their desire was to create a new state that would better serve its constituency, uh, its more conservative um, population. <laughs> um, so that state, it, yeah, is you is or is you ain't my constituency. That's uh, oh brother, where art thou ref? I didn't make that up. Um, this state would have been called Absorca. And by the way, it's confusing because it's spelled like it's got an extra syllable. It doesn't exist. Like it should be Absoroka, mm -hmm. but it's Ab Absorca alternately Absorca. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a couple different ways we've seen it um, recommended to be pronounced. And like we said, it was named by this nearby mountain range. Uh, so that would have been made up of northern Wyoming, southeast Montana, and the western region of South Dakota, like we said at the top of the show. And yeah, imagine you're in Wyoming in the 1930s, and you say, this is just not conservative enough. So instead of operating within the usual mechanisms of government, I'm just going to make my own thing. The temptation is, you know, it's understandable the exact genesis of the movement is is a little bit difficult to pin down, but we know that rumors of secession were well received by a lot of folks in small towns, a lot of ranchers, because they had experienced years of droughts. There had been biblical level plagues of insects, and they were thinking, you know, un again, understandably, they were thinking, look, I see this new deal. And it's doing a lot of good for people who live in other states. But right. how come Uncle Sam's bankroll isn't it making it out here to us? We're suffering. There has to be a better way, some kind of alternative. And then that's when people started kind of 
commingling across state lines, like some South Dakotans would meet with some folks from northern Wyoming, and they'd say, look, we're all on the same page, right? We could make something that mm. works better than than what we're stuck with right now. Yeah, yeah, almost like a, a plot uh, starts to uh, coalesce. So this contingent of Wyomingites... Wyomingers? I'm not really sure. Let us know uh, if you're a, a, a citizen of Wyoming. What do we call you? Um, they were really irritated by this level of what they saw as out-of-touch Democratic control of the state legislature there in Cheyenne, which if you've watched uh, Deadwood, Cheyenne is always kind of the stand-in for, like, the man, right? They always say, you know, back in, back in Cheyenne. They felt like they were being ignored, the forgotten men and women of Wyoming by that southern half of the state. They were not having their interests represented properly. Um, so this movement, this plot, started to thicken, gain momentum when the residents of the southeastern part of Montana joined in this little conspiracy. Mm -hmm. Let's not forget that this all happened during the height of the Depression when it was a lot more likely that state dollars would be funneled into uh, towns that had infrastructure, such mm -hmm. as a college or a hospital, and communities uh, in the part of, of, the, uh, of the state that we're talking about, they were really rural, they were sparsely populated, they would have been miles and miles away from any of those types of places, therefore they were not seen as priority to get that uh, relief. And let's not forget, these were in the early days of the automobile when the Model A was kind of the, you know, the the most advanced vehicle around. And Ben, your car stuff experience ought to come in handy here. What would still that have been like uh, to drive around in one of these cars, like for these long, tedious um, trips? Oh, oh, it's a great question. It's rough. So the U.S. interstate system did not exist at this point, which meant that traveling, even with a Model A, which was like the second biggest success Ford encountered after the Model T, even, even if you had that car, it could still be, as you said, pretty tedious, especially in sparsely populated areas where you had to drive a long way from point A to point B in a Model A. It's not a super pleasant journey. And these institutions that other states or communities have are just not there. You don't run into them as often because, frankly, there's not a huge population, right? So if you don't have tons and tons of people, then you probably won't have tons and tons of colleges and hospitals and so mm -hmm. on. So we can understand what felt like an economic and cultural disconnect in this community. And they would say, like, look, it takes forever to drive to the state capital, and those aren't really our people, right? Mm. We have to drive all the way there for a check. They don't know what's going on here on the ground. They're shortchanging us, so we need to take the reins of statehood. South Dakota Magazine has a great quote from a journalist at the time who says, Unity was the dream, a vision of orphans bent on cutting the heart out of the watermelon. Oh, uh, it's, it's it's weird because, uh, you know, the, it's portraying this, honestly, this secessionist movement in, in a really empathetic light because everybody, even if they didn't agree, the, the common person in this area at the time would have understood what was driving people to make this decision, right? No, it was uh, tough times all around for most people. The residents of these counties that were far away from the state capitals of South Dakota, Montana, and Wyoming, they're called Wyomingites, by the way. Wyoming oh, no Ites. way. I, I love just that. That makes up. perfect sense. Yeah. That makes perfect sense, yeah. Although apparently uh, Supreme Court Justice, former Supreme Court Justice Scalia, is on record saying that he wanted it to be a different word. Yeah, but that's the thing, though. Like, there's no real grammatical rules behind these. Like, mm -hmm. Michigander, there, there's no hard and fast rule that creates that mm -hmm. suffix, right? Mm -hmm. it, it seems like somebody just comes up with it and people just roll with it, right? I, You know, I haven't looked into this, but it does feel somewhat arbitrary. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe you just go with the one that, for some reason, sounds better or feels natural. But if you want to be 
uh, Wyominger, then I say full steam ahead. You know what I mean? Just get it to catch on with everybody else. The way that these folks did with the idea of absorca. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they felt alienated. And totally. that's and and let's go back to drakemag.com here because I love uh I love the way this one is is written. They describe this guy, A.R. Swickard, that we mentioned earlier, as a quote stirrer by nature. That's right. And he had bona fides. He was like a, a bona fide celebrity, uh, essentially. He was a former baseball player. Um, and he was uh, based in Sheridan as a street and water commissioner. Um, so he, you know, had kind of swaggered, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, and he had the gift of gab and he knew how to kind of get people on board with his cause. So he led the charge uh, in this idea, this notion of splitting off um, into a distinct state. And, and, you know, historians report that his main beef was that Sheridan County wasn't getting their fair share of the uh, Republican Patronage Committee appointments. So to him, it was almost more political. Uh, he was coming at it from a more political bent uh, than maybe the average Joes and Josephines who were more concerned with they weren't getting their money. You know, they weren't getting that uh, that subsidy to help them just, you know, go about their lives uh, and having to go kiss the ring in Cheyenne in order to, you know, beg for scraps and get that check. Can you imagine if we had to do that for our stimmies? You know, we had to, like, drive to Washington and, and <laughs> go in person, please, sir, and, and hold out a hand for a check. It's pretty demoralizing, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there is there there is a real issue of personal agency and dignity that comes in here. We know that even, even today, you see similar observations from folks when, when you look at one state over or you nowadays would be going online, but let's say you read a newspaper and you're learning about all this, all this cool stuff and very expensive stuff happening in other parts of the country. And then you think, well, do those parts of the country just matter more? than me and my family and my community. Wyoming, a a lot of ranchers in Wyoming specifically felt like they were not getting federal cash and they were being passed over uh, in favor of things like the development of railroads and these huge public works projects. Irrigation or dams, for instance, that was a specific example. But you see, Wyoming had a secret beneath that sparsely populated grazing land, there was a ton of coal. And this this could be a huge advantage for some of the smaller towns in Montana on the periphery if they joined up with this Absorca movement. The folks in western South Dakota were mainly beefed up against the politicians on the east side of the state because they were running the state government, and they use that control of the government to take advantage of the ore industry, right? They taxed it pretty heavily, and uh, more and more members of, you know, South Dakota in the western side are starting to say, like, these eastern South Dakotans are completely different people, and they've got us over a barrel. There has to be a better way. Mm-hmm. And then picture, like, Absorca monorail, Exactly. Monorail. Um, Ben, would there have been things like mineral rights at the time or the notion of, you know, ownership over these kind of resources? Like, would it have belonged to the state or would it have belonged to like the region? I'm I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, that's a great question. So this stuff kind of goes state by state. We know that we know that mineral rights definitely existed in the U.S., right? Texas has those for sure. The thing is, Again, you know, I don't want to fall into the stereotype of like a cunning, lawful, evil politician, but uh, a lot of these ranchers, a lot of people in these communities feel like the government is using legislation in a predatory way and taking advantage of stuff that shouldn't belong to them, right? Or they're they're rent-seeking because they're grabbing so much in taxes every time somebody tries to conduct business. And then in this fray, in this economic cultural fray, in these desperate times, 
Absorca seems like a shining new solution. Mm. And so Swickard, when he's the monorail dude in this story, he gets a lot, like he, he has an audience that is totally on board. They're going to hear him out. It does, it's that things are so, when things are so crazy and so unpleasant at their baseline normal, then ideas that you would have once thought were crazy sound increasingly plausible. So the the concept of saying, hey, we're going to make our own state mm-hmm. sounded less and less like a pipe dream and more and more like something that uh, could be a real plan. Absolutely. And uh, a lot of these meetings took place in the basement of the Sheridan Rotary Club. Um, but one of the early meetings when Swickert was trying to get people on board um, he said something along the lines of, you know, as governor, we will make our own laws like the fat cats and the Wyoming legislature do in the big hotel at Cheyenne. <laughs> you know, there, there's that Cheyenne again as like a term of abuse. You know, it's like these are the out of touch, you know, fat cats over there. The big hotel. I wonder what that's reference. I mean, I'm guessing that's the fancy way of referring to the state house or something like that. Like almost like, a, you know, like they're they're so out of touch in their fancy hotel. <laughs> You know, and their their nice digs over there in Cheyenne. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I'm wondering, was the big hotel the only hotel in town? It could well have been. I mean, this was. I mean, no, this is like in the 30s, and this is like yeah, way past that. early, yeah. like Deadwood era. This they would have had like infrastructure. I'm sure the big hotel was some sort of uh, slang for uh, for the state house or, or something like that. Right on. Well, that's just me uh, guess, guesstimating, but he did end up meeting with Wyoming's actual governor, Nels H. Smith. I love the name Nels, by the way. I use that as a pseudonym sometimes if I'm trying to make a fake email or something like that. Like, uh, why did you make a fake email, Noel? You might ask. Don't worry about it. I, uh, I, wasn't tend, to, ask. I tend to use the name Nels. But uh, yeah, he met with uh, the governor for a closed door session, uh, a little rap sesh at the Capitol. And apparently it went... Okay. Uh, It was friendly, reportedly. Um, He was quoted as saying, I told the governor of our sister state to the south of Buffalo that we had no warlike designs and that rumors we might secede by force were erroneous. He added, uh, and then he coins another thing, which I love. We absorodans, mm-hmm. which literally sounds like a species of alien from Star Wars. Still has that extra syllable. Just it does. Moving Absor- in silence. Maybe it's absordans then, uh, because the absa is not present in the real pronunciation. So I'm thinking it might be absordans. Still sounds like Rodeans or whatever. Um, we absordans are a peace-loving lot. And while we think we really need the state of Absorca, we are not inclined to a revolution. Mm-hmm. So he's saying something very important here, even if it's couched in like folksy, comfy terms. He's saying, listen, Uncle Sam, federal government, no need to send federal troops here. We're, we're peaceful. We're not raising a militia against you. But we are going to draw a map. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. 
Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. You know, Ben, I got to say, one of the best parts about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity you get where you're like, man, how have I been living like this? What's wrong with me? <laughs> you're right. No, it's it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. So Swickard and his crew at the Rotary Club draw this proposed map of Absorca, and they do a couple of provocative things. The map creates a boundary straight through northern Wyoming, and then uh, it cuts a line through western South Dakota, and it takes this kind of like square, like if you're looking at a brownie pan, it takes like a corner piece brownie chunk out of southeastern Montana, and it doesn't pay a lot of heed to existing uh, geological boundaries, right? Like the Missouri River or something. (laughs) Not only does it not pay attention to those boundaries it like literally takes some pretty big tourist uh, destinations and just like ropes it into the territory mm-hmm. uh things like the as yet still under construction uh mount rushmore you know mm-hmm. the president faces on the mountain everyone knows that one and yellowstone uh not to mention the black hills so uh, that's a pretty serious flex there i don't think that would have gone unnoticed uh, or you know given up without a fight yeah yeah absolutely and so the borders are established at least in the minds of swickard and co and they decide that rather than just focusing on sorting out all the paperwork that they would need they're going to start behaving as though they already are an extant state. So they make the license plates, which you mentioned. These are distributed to friends of the Rotary Club, right? And they also have that beauty contest. So we know that this beauty pageant was uh, kind of a a big deal because you can see photos of the winner, one Dorothy Fellows. And uh, Dorothy Fellows also got, you know, post- winning this beauty contest, she got roped into being an, a kind of like um, an active member of the movement or at least a publicity draw because she went with Swickard in kind of a march to Billings, Montana. Uh, and it's it's funny because they got the local high school band or the Sheridan High School band, we should say. They got the American Legion, Drum and Bugle Corps, and they kind of, I don't know. I maybe I shouldn't call it a march. It was more like a parade. That's the mm. sense I get. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds about right. Once again, excellent turns of phrase in this uh, Drake Mag article. It's really more of a blog post because it unfortunately doesn't list the writer. Uh, it's uh, unofficial. Absorca is the name. Uh, oh, yeah, it says Drake Magazine back issue content winner 2017, um, but does not credit the writer. But there's some fabulous turns of phrase here. With borders established, the secessionists turned to the obvious next steps to forming a new state, pressing license plates, which were distributed to supporters and holding a Miss Absorca beauty pageant. Old black and white photos show a sultry Dorothy Fellows wrapped shoulder to hip in a Miss Absorca sash. With Fellows in tow, Swickard led a noisy procession to Billings, Montana in the spring of 1939 that included the Sheridan High School Band and the local American Legion Drum and Bugle Corps. And sorry to be redundant there, folks. I just wanted to read the, that quote because I think the writing uh, of, of this Drake Mag article is fabulous, and I wish they credited the author. Um, but then at the end of this uh, procession or this parade, they actually link up with Prince Olav and Princess Martha of Norway, who are in town for the Viking League of America reception. Uh, and uh, Swigert also supposedly met uh, with King Haakon the Seventh of Hakon, H-A-A-K-O-N, the seventh of Norway uh, in Wyoming as well. So he's 
already laying the groundwork for like international affairs here. Mm-hmm. Uh, really trying to to make a, a show of him of himself as some sort of like great diplomat and statesman, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, and that's interesting. So, one big thing about the formation of a new country is always recognition by other existing countries. So he's taking a strategy that people use on an international level and applying it to the uh, proposed state of Absorca. And, and, uh, you know, it's clever because the royalty here, clearly they didn't know what they were being used for. A lot, this guy's very savvy when it comes to publicity and before you continue yeah agree drake mag is awesome it's uh started as a fly fishing magazine mm-hmm. yeah the article really about absorca they were talking about the center piece of it is the trout <laughs> there's apparently good <laughs> trout fishing there exactly in that part of the country yeah so here's what he does he he shows off these license plates and he wants everybody who has a model a or a model t you know no discrimination to show their support for Absorca by rocking these plates. And then, of course, what's the next step in publicizing your prospective state? You got to get a flag. Got to get a flag. What's a, what's a state without a flag? The flag is red and white, and they've sewn a big 49 in there. 49 standing for the 49th state. And he also started pitching it as the vacationist paradise Because as you said, with that potential map, uh, they did purposely include a lot of like tourist destinations, outdoor landmarks, things like that. Bighorn Mountains, Bighorn Basin, Yellowstone Parks, Black Hills. Uh, They were going to try to, it's like they were going to try to make their main export tourism or their main industry tourism at some point. Yeah, but they had no claim to any of that stuff. (laughs) It was a total flex. Ben, are you you familiar with... um, the very, very popular Twitch streamer by the name of Dream. He goes by Dream. No, no. I only I only know about this because of my kid. Uh, it, it's a world that she's all of a sudden mega, mega entrenched in. But uh, it's all about Minecraft. Uh, and mm-hmm. in Minecraft, the SMPs, which is basically like a, a special invite-only server, they have like literal states and boundaries and like different countries that people have created. Uh, and Dream has a feud with this dude who goes by Wilbur Soot, who is a uh, British young man um, who is, he writes kind of funny songs and, and he's a Twitch streamer and does uh, and does all this, uh, this Minecraft stuff on YouTube. And he basically like seceded from Dream's SMP country and started his own country called Lamanberg. L apostrophe M-A-N-B-U-R-G. And it has a flag. Mm-hmm. And it's like a big, it's a flag with like, I think it's sort of a diss to Dream because Dream's logo is like a black smiley face. And so like the left-hand corner of the of the flag is a black circle with an X in it and then two more Xs and then blue, white, and red. Mm-hmm. So the flag is very important. They yeah. describe it as a horizontal tricolor with a yellow arc filled with black and three crosses in the style of the Amsterdam flag. Uh, <laughs> the blue stands for freedom. The red stands for the fighting and the blood spilled for the country. The white stands for peace. The yellow black to denote the wall, uh, which uh, stands between, I think, dreams, country and Lamanberg. But mm. it's just interesting. Like these things matter. Uh, these mm. things, the idea of borders, even in fictional universes. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a discussion for all the amateur vexillologists in the crowd, which is a, a word I never get to use, man. It's the study of flags. Vexillology, which is a super cool word that sounds like it should describe something, I don't know, a little more space age. But yeah, uh, flags are important. Boundaries are important. Uh, and public awareness is important. And since Swickard is not trying to raise an army... He is uh, instead focused on trying to win the hearts and the minds of the public. Sounds like a crazy idea. Yeah, but is it just crazy enough to work? It turns out this Absorca movement had a pretty hefty impact uh, before it began to fade away. Mm-hmm. This, this is where Governor Swickard, 
as he calls himself, self-appointed Governor Swickard, is riding high on the publicity from that beauty contest, from the, the parade, from tricking these European royalties into appearing to support his state. Uh, so he's, he starts holding what are called grievance hearings. He says, come to Sheridan. People of Absorca, come to Sheridan. Tell me what's going on in your neck of the woods, and let's see if we can fix some stuff. What has Wyoming done to you? And people do show up. People show up and they're like, hey, Governor uh, Swickard, uh, Wyoming has been a real pill to me about, you know, mineral rights or about uh, taxation, things like that. And the hearings make it into the news. And way over in Cheyenne, someone at that big hotel is listening. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> ah, the big hotel. <laughs> yeah. And they're 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 reading this, and imagine how they feel. They're like, "Wow, this this guy is really uh, getting a lot of press, and it's making it look like we are not doing a particularly great job for parts of our constituency." And so, leaders in both Wyoming and Montana began to pay much more attention. They started to keep their eyes on this, and the attention. For some reason, maybe the attention resulted in actual better legislation because people who were part of the secessionist movement started to walk it back a little bit because they felt like the leaders of their existing states were finally starting to listen to their problems. And then, of course, World War II hits the global stage and uh, the spirit I would argue the spirit of like maintaining domestic unity took precedent over the idea of creating your own state. So people were like, okay, Absorca will save this for now. Let's all get together as Americans for, for at least the, you know, the state of the war. And then after World War II, it was kind of, I don't know, in many ways, it was kind of a forgotten issue. So much stuff had happened, right? We're, we're in the Eisenhower era now. Totally. You can, you can have your license plate, but you'll also have a, you know, a real U.S. license plate. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's think of whatever the hot news item was before the pandemic. I don't know what it was. <laughs> it's sort of like that. Like yeah. World War II sort of like overshadows literally everything uh, and all of the momentum that uh, he had gained um, in this quest to secede just kind of fizzled. Because, you know, we've got bigger fish to fry here, guys. You know, uh, we've got a lot more important things to do with our time. Yeah, we've got we've got way better trout. Let's focus on the trout. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For 
just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. So it's it's weird. This movement had a very uh, strong chance of being lost to history and kind of relegated to the archives of various newspapers at the time, were it not for another New Deal project, the Federal Writers Project. Uh, this is an amazing story all its own that comes from the Depression era. A lot of writers were sent out all across the U.S. to create a series of travel guides and uh, also to learn more about local folkways like cooking, culture, and so on. And during the collection process for the Federal Writers Project, they found the Absorca story. And they published it in 1941 as kind of a, kind of a novelty. Like, a, hey, look at this. Bet you didn't know about this. It kind of had that, that mental floss vibe or Atlas Obscura vibe, a predecessor of those at least. And there are numerous examples of the contributors that worked worked in this regard. And the thing was, in the 1930s, there weren't a ton of what you might call professional authors in, in the area at the time. So people who were leading the Wyoming aspects of the Federal Writers Project started looking for just anyone who could put some words on paper in a good-sounding way. So that's where you find interviews with really eccentric characters. Uh, there's one contributor who was writing from jail, and there was there was uh, another who was interviewing people at the frontier and delivering her manuscripts on horseback. Very odd bedfellows came together, and the weirdest part, man, Absorca or the territory that wanted to be Absorca once upon a time. Remember, they're pretty conservative. And they thought, or many in the community thought, it was kind of weird and maybe foolish for the government to pay writers at all. And so... Oh, because they didn't value that as a, as a trade or something or as a, as a skill? I guess so, yeah. Or maybe More saw working it as, class mentality kind of? Yeah, maybe saw it as like a waste of money or being mm. frivolous. Uh, so the, the state director of the, of the project in Wyoming did something really really cool and and it was it, it was kind of in the spirit of absorca she just made up a publication that didn't exist the wyoming stockman farmer and then she passed herself off as a reporter for that publication there's a great article about that in the new york times uh by kirk johnson a state that never was in wyoming but uh, that's so funny to me to like you go to someone you say hey i'm part of the federal writers project uh, and I'm here to interview you. And then someone says, oh, I don't need some fancy Washington writer coming in and trying to steal my stories the way those folks in Cheyenne steal the coal. <laughs> but then they come back and they say, sorry, my bad. I'm actually a reporter uh, for a magazine about ranching. Is that is that that passed the sniff test? And they're like, oh, yeah, sorry. Come on in. <laughs> Come on in, indeed. And it's interesting because uh, people who live in the regions that we've been talking about today that would have made up Absorca uh, still heavily debate the geographic and cultural disconnect between the East and the West of, of the region, of the state, um, and whether the, the, the people are just fundamentally different because of these things. And Nate Peterson... Uh, of South Dakota Magazine puts it this way. Is West River a land of rough and ready ranchers and libertarians? Is East River the place for farm populists and business types who more willingly embrace government as a means to solve problems? And, you know, we know that Swickard was absolutely trying to capitalize on these differences, on these this, this divide uh, that apparently still exists today. Um, and it certainly seems that he... A lot of this stuff in this state did kind of exist largely in the imagination uh, of A.R. Swickard um, and, and perhaps the imagination of the people um, who wanted it to, to who wanted to will it into existence. Right. To, to make this new state mm -hmm. a reality um, that ultimately was never to be. So it's a failed it's the failed state that never was. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's a response again, it's a, it, it is a valid response, an understandable response to deep and troubling problems that people in the area were experiencing. But should it have should it have succeeded? I mean, did they seriously want it to succeed, or was it all just a, a very clever publicity stunt? You know what I mean? I think people who consider themselves part of the movement of Absorca uh, were probably had different opinions on that. Like, I think there were some people who genuinely believed, yes, this will be the 49th state. There are other people who thought this is this is a fun in joke. And it's a smart, nonviolent way to confront these serious problems. Last fun fact for me, Noel, I, I'm still baffled by this. I think we may have mentioned it before, but you know, apparently Wyoming only has two escalators in the entire state. That's crazy. I don't understand. I'm confused. Uh, maybe it's just population. We know that the Atlantic and NPR have written about this Uh saying that it's home to, well, I guess you could say four escalators because it's two sets of escalators. But there are escalator experts, self-professed, kind of the same way Swickard was a self-professed governor, that say there's no, there's no real explanation for why there are no escalators. Still, let us know what you think about escalators and let us know if, what you think about the idea of forming one's own state. Secessionist movements never went away. They're still around. I mean, keep in mind that uh, Noel, Casey, Andrew, and I, and many of our colleagues are in the Southeast U.S. And in the Southeast U.S. has no uh, dearth of would-be secessionist movements, right? Like there was a thing called calling itself the sovereign state of Georgia, uh, they were motivated by very different reasons. But I, I don't know, man. It just it doesn't seem like the smartest or most practical solution to solve problems by like saying, like, you know, Atlanta traffic is terrible. Does that mean we should form a different state? I don't know, man. Yeah, it's sort of the whole like I'm taking my ball and going home mentality as opposed to trying to band together and work with people that are different than you to make change. But we also know that that's really difficult, uh, especially nowadays as we live in a more and more divided country, even a divided state, knowing that Georgia, you know, went blue by razor thin margin, uh, which means that, you know, we're probably about split down the middle, aren't we, in terms of like uh, conservative and uh, a little more liberal. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I think that's I think that's an important takeaway. I like the way you put it there, that we get long lasting, better results uh, as a community when we work together. You know what I mean? Instead of taking the ball, whatever the ball is, and just going home. But still, it's it's fascinating. So many like if every single statehood movement that we've talked about was successful, how many stars would be on the flag today? Are, you know, we've got a couple of places that may become U.S. states within our lifetimes, like Puerto Rico, for instance, has a strong movement to become the 51st U.S. state. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, folks. And if you live in Wyoming, let us know if you've seen an escalator. I don't know why this is the this has become like a focus point for me. It's just a weird fact. Uh, and then let us know if you have heard of other secessionist movements or proposed states in your neck of the woods. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we try to be easy to find online. Uh, shout out to Ridiculous Historians, our Facebook page. But breaking news, this just in, you can also contact us as individuals online. That's right. You can find me on Instagram, uh, where I am at How Now Noel Brown. Not much of a tweeter, but Ben, a prolific and high quality tweeter. Where can folks find you, sir? Oh, shucks. Thanks, Noel. Well, if the spirit so moves you, you can always find me on Twitter at Ben Bolin HSW. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram at Ben Bolin B O W L I N. Uh, thanks, as always, to our super producer, Casey Pegram, and our guest producer, Andrew Howard. Huge thanks to researcher extraordinaire, Gabe Luzier. Gabe mm. Luzier. Gabe Luz. GL. 
Thanks, bud. Uh, we hope to have you back again very soon. I think we uh, we sort of made a pact, a blood pact, in fact, an Ooh. oath of sorts to have him back, uh, you know, uh, at very least quarterly, if not um, once every couple months or so. Is that the same as quarterly? I don't know. Um, thanks to Christopher Hasiotis here in spirit, Jonathan Strickland, the notorious quizster. That sketchy dude. Um, we hope to have him back again, too. There's, we got, I got a soft spot in my heart for the quizster. How about you, Ben? Uh, yeah, I was just thinking he would totally make his own state. So what would the name of the quizster state be? Quiztopia. <laughs> Quiztopia. Quizitaria. Uh, yeah, yeah. Quizica. Quizenden. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like those. I feel like he would choose uh, a very British or at least very European-sounding name. And you know what? I am sure, Noel, that if we ask him the next time he's on air, he'll tell us. That's not... that. I'm getting too close. To hey, act, hey, 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 hey. Careful hey. now. Careful. We're on the precipice. Yeah. So that's that's our show. And of course, also thanks to Alex Williams, who composed that beautiful theme song uh, that you hear at the beginning end of every show. And Noel, thanks to you. I, I can't... Would you, would you ever start a state, man? That's ah, a lot of work. That's how I feel. So. Just I got to stick with this podcast game. <laughs> get an island, right? Run this thing into the ground, and then and then try to you know diversify. <laughs> okay. We'll see you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Avalon Waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am, and uh, aren't we all? We are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry, and that is, my friend, smaller ships. True story. The intimate ships of Avalon Waterways can go where the big ships can only dream, through winding passageways of rolling vineyards and castled hills into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at avalonwaterways.com.